Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Katie Parrish again. Hey, Katie. Hey, Megan. Really excited about today's episode. So if you missed it, last week I was talking with Katie, who is our brand partnerships manager at The Mom Hour and is also a regular contributor here and a mom of three young kids. Um, We were on talking about her family vacation to Florida as part of a partnership with Visit Florida last week. And so Katie shared her ideas and some tips about traveling with young kids. And this week, I'm going to talk about my family vacation to Florida and talk a little bit about traveling with older kids and teens. I will say you don't have to listen to these episodes in order. So if it turns out you, um, you know, you're listening to this one first, that's totally fine. But I would just recommend once you're done, go back and listen to our episode from last week because Katie, you had some great tips to share. Yeah, that was a fun conversation, but I'm excited to hear all about your trip. Yeah. So I will just tell you really quickly um, the highlights of our trip and then We'll kind of get into the nitty gritty of both where we went and kind of what I learned from that trip. I went with Clara and Owen, who are 14 and 17, and it is the first time I've traveled with just the two of them, I think maybe ever, but definitely like on a major family vacation. So it was a very different experience having um, just two teenagers with, you know, and one mom (laughs) and a lot of good and a lot of um, challenging things happening in there. So we went to the Space Coast in Florida. Um, which is where Cape Canaveral is and um, Kennedy Space Center and Cocoa Beach, like that whole area. So on the east coast of Florida, which I had, I don't think ever been to. There's some talk that maybe my family went on a trip there when I was still like in my mom's belly, but I had never been there with my eyes open and seeing things. And then we went to um, Florida's historic coast, which is like the St. Augustine area. And yeah, none of us had ever been to any of those areas before. So they were great places to explore. Well, Megan, I can't wait to hear about your vacation. But first, let's give a quick thank you to our sponsor, Visit Florida. 
I know both our families love theme parks because what kid doesn't, but I'm so glad that these vacations allowed us to have some totally different experiences in Florida. It was so fun to share some really cool destinations with my young family, and I can't wait to hear how your Florida vacation went over with your teens. Yeah, Katie, I was so excited to see areas of Florida I had never been to before, and the kids had a great time. I was really impressed with the diversity of family travel experiences you can have in just one state. From 825 miles of beaches and 700 freshwater springs to over 1,300 trails with breathing room to run and play, there are so many reasons a Florida vacation is just the best. Keep listening to find out more about our unforgettable Florida vacations, and thank you to Visit Florida for making this episode possible. Start planning your best ever vacation at visitflorida.com today. All right, Katie, so let's just get into what actually happened on our trip, and then I can tell you what I sort of learned about traveling with teens from it. So it was a very action-packed four days. Um, The nice thing about traveling with teens is that they really can kind of just keep up and keep moving, and so we were only there for, yeah, four and a half days, but we really fit in a lot. So we flew into the Orlando airport, so um, I think it's Orlando International MCO, and the nice thing about the area that we went to, but in particular, the way um, the Orlando airport is sort of situated is that we were sort of like reasonably distanced from a lot of things. I know you also flew in to Orlando and you went to a totally different area of the state. Yeah. So yep. um, we ended up driving to our first hotel, which was the Holiday Inn in Titusville. And so Titusville is in the Space Coast area. Um, we checked in and then we drove to Cocoa Beach for a sunset kayaking experiences with an outfitter called Finn Expeditions. Now, that was an amazing way to kick off this trip. Um, we were like paddling through mangrove tunnels, which was so cool and fun. And I did want to point out that there were no gators because when I first saw this waterway, it was like the intercoastal waterway. It looks sort of like a... Um, like you would expect like a river or something to look. It didn't look like you were looking out at the ocean, but it is salt water. So there are no gators in that. So no worries, right? So we didn't see dolphins or manatees, but apparently it's pretty common to see both with um in this particular area. We actually was, I was watching a, a video on their Instagram from the day after we were there. And there was this huge manatee just like rolling around in the water right next to someone's kayak, which I was a little bit jealous. Okay. So Megan, sorry to interrupt, but can you explain what a mangrove is? Because I don't think I know what that's like. And it yeah. sounds really cool. <gasps> yeah, I think I had some ideas in my mind before I actually, you know, went paddling through them. Um, but basically, it's like it's like a low tree that grows in the water. So it's like growing up out of the water and it looks kind of shrubby. It looks jungly, honestly. And it's so... Um, like overgrown and tight that when you're going through this tunnel, at least the tunnel he took us through, I know there were some that were maybe a little easier to traverse. Like if you had a younger kid paddling themselves or um, weren't a very experienced paddler, I think there were ones that were a little more open, but the one he took us through our um, tour guide was so dense that we basically just put our paddles like in the kayak with us and then used our hand, uh, excuse me, used our hands to pull ourselves through. So you just grab a branch and pull and you just kind of like, meander through this very jungly feeling tunnel. Very, very cool. Um, we didn't see a lot of bugs or anything. There are like these little crabs apparently that can be in the mangroves that look like little spiders, but we didn't oh see any. 
And they, I actually went and looked them up afterward, and they didn't look scary. They looked really yeah. cute, actually, and I think it would have been fun to see some, but but we didn't. Maybe the maybe the weather had been too cool or something for them to be out. So when we came back out, the sun was just setting in the background, and we were kind of looking for dolphins. We didn't see any, but I will say the fish were jumping like crazy. So there was like fish just like spastically jumping up out of the water and you know, flipping all over the place. And that is not something I had experienced to that level. So that was really cool. Um, so then from there, we went back to the hotel because we were all beat after traveling all day. But we did pass through Cocoa Beach on the way in and out. And then we went back the next day. And that was a really cool area. Um, I wish we'd had a little more time to explore sort of the historic area. It's a it's got a long surf history. So like the original Ron John surf shop was there mm-hmm. and lots of like really bright colors, lots of uh, just it was neat. Um, it, like a little kid walking down there, I think would have lots to look at. And it definitely kept, you know, my teens looking out the windows and and interested. We parked down there the next day for a little while and walked around and lots of restaurants. And it just kind of like just feels like a kind of 60s beach culture down there, which I thought was cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So then we went back to our hotel and the hotel that we were in was kind of in a quieter area that was away from all of that um, Cocoa Beach activity, which I did appreciate when we were, you know, trying to navigate around that night. And then the next morning we got up and headed to Kennedy Space Center. So Kennedy Space Center was I had never been there and it was much bigger and like a lot more to do than I expected. I guess I didn't really realize that there's I kind of just thought it was go look at some old rocket ships and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was there were rides and there were multimedia um, things to do. We went and saw an IMAX movie. We went on a rocket launch simulation. Um, We did this ride that you kind of it's like one of those where you don't really go a lot of places. I'm trying to think what to describe it um, or what to compare it to. It's like if you've ever been to Epcot and there's that the um, the one where you're like on a kite, you know, I'm talking about Soren. Oh yeah. 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 Similar to that. So you're like, you're strapped in, you're in this thing, you're moving around, but most of the activity is on the screen. And those are really fun because like smaller kids can go on them and they don't hurt your body <laughs> the way like, right. uh, you know, a roller coaster might when you're yeah. not 20 anymore. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, the one we went through was, uh, it like took us through the nebulas. It was really cool. And there is a a rocket garden of rockets from old launches. You can go by bus to visit other sites. Like it really, you could really spend a whole day just doing that. And I was kind of envious of the people there with little kids because there was just, I mean, for a little kid who loves like technology or space or, um, you know, anything having to do with science, anything like that, they were, their minds would just be blown. And so it was kind of fun to watch families with young kids walking around. Um, so then, yeah, we went back into Cocoa Beach for a little bit and then we went to Titusville. So that was kind of um, up the coast and they had a really cute downtown area. We wound up eating at a place called Shiloh's that had a great dining room that overlooked the ocean. And then the next morning we checked out of our hotel and headed up the coast to St. Augustine. So I will say this, this drive, you know, the first like half of it, we were just on the highway. But at one point we got off the highway and we were on the A1A highway that runs along the coast. Mm -hmm. And the drive was so beautiful. I almost felt like we had made the wrong turn and got off too soon or something. We're like, it felt like we were in someone's neighborhood, like a rich person's neighborhood. But I think that's just the drive. So um, we drove up that way. And then when we got into the St. Augustine area, we were actually in an area called uh, Volano Beach, which was on this little 
Island, um, just off of St. Augustine. And we were in the Hampton Inn and Suites there. And it really felt like kind of like a resort. It was, the pool was beautiful. There was a really nice hot tub. We were close to the beach. So that was great. And then we went from there to the Ponce de Leon Fountain of Youth Park in St. Augustine. Now, I don't know if you remember like the Ponce de Leon history you may have learned, you know, yeah, when you were young. Yeah, I remember young. a little bit. I remember yeah. like um, that he like supposedly found the Fountain of Youth, but I'm sure you didn't find the actual Fountain of Youth. Did you? Did you see it, Megan? No, did you see the no. real thing? <laughs> I, I actually think that those rumors may be a little overstated, but I, I, what I didn't realize is how um, how old the St. Augustine area. It's actually the oldest continuous European settlement in the U.S. So Ponce de Leon landed there in 1513. I did not know that. And then, of course, it had been um, habitated by the native people for many, many centuries before that. Um, But I, I believe the story is that when Ponce de Leon landed, he was amazed by how youthful the people there looked. And so he said, oh, it must be like the Fountain of Youth. They're actually in the park is I think that is the site of like where the original well was that you could okay. drink out of all, all stories I heard were that the well water or that the water, maybe it's a spring tastes disgusting and like sulfur and you don't actually want to drink it. So I did not imbibe. Um, I'm not sure if it's like bottled and you could taste it or what. No, I'm sure there are better things to eat and drink in Florida than the, <laughs> than the fountain of youth. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, we did have lunch there and then we walked around the park and there were all these like areas where there were interpreters and it told the story of the St. Augustine area, which I, I'm just kind of embarrassed how much of it I had forgotten. I think I, I think at one point, of course, probably in junior high or high school, I learned a little bit about it and then kind of forgot. And I think I've seen St. Augustine on some of those, you know, the TV shows where they'll show you like the most romantic locations and things oh, like yeah. that. I know I've seen it on at least one of those, but I just didn't know a lot. And um, I will say I was a huge fan. I would love to go back to St. Augustine. It was so cool. It's very cool, like very historic feeling, neat old buildings, like those narrow brick streets where it's really hard to kind of traverse, but, but it just feels almost like Europe. It doesn't really feel like very American to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a trolley that takes you everywhere. And the trolley has a ton of stops. So you can take the trolley and, you know, like every block, there's a way to get off and you could just walk from there to the next stop. You can walk around and then you just jump back on whenever you want and it'll take you back to your car, which was really cool. Um, that first day we went to the Castillo de San Marcos, which is um, like a masonry fort. It looks like a castle that dates back to the 1600s. Apparently they had had a couple for, uh, forts before that that were made of wood, but they burned and then they were like, hey, next time, let's not build it out of wood. Uh, the, you know, all of those forts were changing hands a lot back in those days. And so I think this area was hotly contested. It fell into the hands of different governments over the years. Um, but the Castillo was very cool and definitely worth taking the kids to. I mean, even if you just had time to like play in the grounds and mm-hmm. walk around the outside and look, it feels so old timey and magical that I, it's very worth it. Um, then that night we went to a restaurant called Aunt Kate's and that it was like one of those over hundred year old restaurants that's been, you know, in the family forever. I think it had one at one point been a fishing camp or something. So it has that feeling, that resorty feeling that I love. And we got to sit out on the patio. We all had gator tail bites um, with dipping sauce. I know we talked a little bit it, when I interviewed you last week, Katie, about yeah. like introducing foods that kids maybe aren't 
going to, you know, be that excited about in small doses and gator tail bites taste enough like chicken nuggets. Yes. And it's like, it's a good way you can, everybody can sample it, but nobody yeah. has to get gator for their entire meal. Like you can exactly. just, <laughs> you could just exactly. taste it. <laughs> just taste it just so you can say you did. Yeah. Um, then we went back to the hotel. We had an evening dip in the pool. Well, I will say the kids had an evening dip in the pool. I just hung out in the hot tub for quite some time. And then the next day we went back into St. Augustine and we rode the trolley all over town. We went to a place called the Leitner Museum, which is this restored resort hotel. And it was, we had knew nothing about it. It was just like on my list. And we walked up and I thought, well, this is cool. That's kind of how St. Augustine is. I feel like around every corner, there was some cool thing we just stumbled upon. And then we would pop in and go check it out. Um, So there was a lot of art. There was a lot of um, information about the architecture in the city, some history mixed in. And then we were just walking and we suddenly saw all these old timey bicycles and um, velocipedes, you know, those ones with the big front tire. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just kind of looking at it and then this guy pops up and he just knows everything about these bicycles and velocipedes. And he kind of explains why they had such a big front wheel. Um, the reason is because every turn of the pedals gets you one full rotation of the wheel. And these bikes were very heavy and like the, I believe the tires were made of iron. <laughs> so wow. it was kind of hard to get them moving. Yeah. But if you could crank the, you know, if you could just crank the pedal once and get a huge wheel, like an entire rotation out of the wheel, that takes you like 12 feet or something with every okay. rotation. So that was interesting. Did not know that. The kids talked about this guy afterward and were like, oh, that was, he was great. He knew so much. Um, then we went and had lunch at a place called, uh, Meehan's Irish pub. I also didn't realize that St. Augustine has a large history of Irish people. Um, you know, like, I think it's really fun when you learn about old cities, how mm-hmm. there's always a story about why different people wound up there out of their homeland and then created these basically like little settlements within these mm-hmm. cities and then kind of took over areas of the city And I learned a little bit about that, about um, the Irish there. We like found this little steampunk store that was called Aunt Matilda's Steampunk Trunk. And Clara bought herself a very cool stopwatch. So it was like a lot of that sort of thing. It's like wander, wander, wander. Ooh, we're in a neat coffee shop. Wander, 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 like pop into um, an art history museum. Or we found this surf museum that's in a place called the Oldest House, which is, you know, the oldest house. (laughs) The oldest house. (laughs) Don't be surprised by that. And... But there's a, a a surf history museum on that complex, which was really cool, too, because I didn't really realize that uh, that the Florida coast really rivaled the California coast for its surf culture. And there was a lot there about that. And then, oh gosh, this was like a lot going on that day. Um, we went back to the hotel, got a little rest. And then our evening activity was a boat cruise on again on the intercoastal waterway. Um, this time we were not paddling ourselves. It was like a, you know, a boat going for us, had a little bar on deck. It had like the kind nice. of seating that faces, um, like you're all facing each other. And then there's sort of this middle area where you could sit facing out. Does that, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. yeah. Where you're all like all around the edge of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there was, and there was a bathroom, there was snacks. So like they were, it was all set up for us to just jump on and have a really lovely sunset cruise. And that took us down by the, you know, the waterfront. So we got to see kind of the St. Augustine skyline and everything at night, which was really cool. And we saw so many dolphins jumping out of the water, which was awesome. And I, you know, I've been to Florida a lot, but I have not had that experience of seeing 
like multiple dolphins just jumping out of the water right in front of the boat. So that was really cool. Let's see. Then we went back to our hotel and got as early a bedtime as we could because the next day we were up early again and the kids had surf lessons at a place called the Pit Stop on St. Augustine Beach. This was a very like classic surfy um, beach ocean area and the kids like they had never surfed before and had really wanted to start. There is some surf culture on Lake Michigan and Owen's got some friends who surf and he kind of wanted to learn. And I was like, okay, let's do it when we're in Florida. And those poor kids, they got rocked. Like there was a, the, the instructor said, well, the surf's pretty big today. And I was like, well, jump on those boards kids. And so they were out there for, I think 90 minutes. No, I think it was actually, it might've been a full two hours that they were out there. And I mean, they, they, they bit the dust a lot on those, on those, um, on their surfboards. But Owen did get up a couple of times and actually surfed. Clara stood up a couple of times. They came back with mouths full of salt water. And that was new to them too. Like they've been in the ocean, but not like drenched in the ocean, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, very different experience. Um, but, but they were glad they did it. And I got some good pictures and video and then, and I just hung out on the beach and got a little sunburn. Then we headed out for lunch to a place called the Salt Life Food Shack just down the road. Had some seafood. That was great. And then we went to this, this place that's been around forever. I think it's just an institution there called Marineland. It is um, a, like a place where you can see the dolphin shows and learn more about uh, the habitats and like the ocean life. And they do a lot of conservation efforts and things like that, education efforts. And we got to get into the pool and play with a dolphin. Oh my gosh. All three of you got to get All in the water. Three of us. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that was so fun. And that is not the kind of thing that would really ever occur to me that I would want to do, but yeah. it was really cool. And the photos, we like everyone's faces, we have huge grins on our faces. So it was so fun. It was really like, that was definitely worth the stop. Um, and then we got to stop and or hang out as we were on our way out and watch the end of a dolphin show. And it was just really cool to see them up close. It was so cool to touch the dolphin. They feel um, kind of rubbery, uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, uh-huh. like, I've, like, have you touched one before? Well, no, I didn't. I haven't touched a dolphin, but I touched a stingray when we were at the aquarium. And I, it was kind of like that kind of feeling. So I wonder if it's like a similar uh, skin or not. Yeah, like it, it was well, probably kind of like um, it felt like a like like a Nerf ball. <laughs> describe it like a firm like firm and smooth but like yeah kind of like a rubbery like it has a little give to it you know a little bit like a spongy kind of like a rubbery spongy yeah 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 (laughs) so very cool and ours was a little bit of an older um dolphin so he he was really stubborn which was funny I thought was very funny so the trainer was would try to get him to do something and he'd kind of do like half of it and then come back and be like no and so but we were able to train him. And so we would show him hand moves and he would watch us and then go do whatever the thing. Well, we didn't know what we were doing, but they made it really fun. Um, the trainers were, and they took a ton of pictures and that we got those at the end for free, which was really nice. But um, the trainers were great. They, you know, kind of explained everything they were doing and made it really fun and engaging. So we did one that was like a 30 minute long down or uh, dolphin encounter. You could choose one that was longer and you actually swim on the, like you hold on to the dolphin and it drags you across the pool. So we didn't do that one, 
But watching it happen, I was kind of like, ooh, maybe we'll have to go back and do that. Or if somebody had like one of their kids is like a super dolphin lover, that would be like blow their mind. I think that would be like one of those that like life changing, you know, because I can just imagine like when I'm in a place like that, I think I wonder how many kids leave this and then decide I'm going to be a marine biologist or like when I was at Kennedy Space Center, I thought I wonder how many kids go here and, and watch the video or go on the um the the simulator the rock the rocket simulator and think i want to be an astronaut i just think like those places can really be jumping you know jumping off points for a kid's imagination or ideas about what they want to do and so mm-hmm. i thought it was really cool so oh, that's awesome yeah that was so that was a packed 4 days then we were just back to orlando cuz we had a really early morning flight the next day so um, that was kind of where the trip wrapped up for us. But I feel like for having kind of a short time, we made a lot of it. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe you did all of that in four days. Megan, your Florida vacation sounds like it was the perfect mix of like planned activities and unexpected surprises. I love it. And I can't wait to hear more about what you learned about traveling with teens. But first, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Visit Florida. Katie, Florida really was the perfect place for a vacation with two teenagers who are frankly pretty hard to impress these days. We managed to fill four short days with so many unique experiences and made memories we'll never forget. From 825 miles of beaches and 700 freshwater springs to over 1,300 trails with breathing room to run and play, there are so many reasons a Florida vacation is just the best. Keep listening to find out more about our unforgettable Florida vacations And thank you to Visit Florida for making this episode possible. Okay, Megan, so now that we've heard all about your trip, I know you have some wisdom to share with us about what it was like traveling with teens. Yeah, um, I kind of was coming up with like little rules the whole time. And and as I was jotting them down on my trip, I think I was actually texting a few to you on the way. um, It occurred to me that a lot of the same things I would have told a mom you know, who was traveling with toddlers or preschoolers, a lot of the same advice kind of still applies to traveling with teens, just in a different way. So again, just a reminder that this was one of the first times I've traveled with just Owen and Clara, at least since they've been teenagers. Maybe, you know, there might have been a trip when they were younger that I just can't remember. But it was just mom and two teenagers, which is a very different kind of travel experience than the ones I've had in the past, where it might be like, you know, a whole bunch of kids (laughs) and they're like of different ages, but there's always a little kid who needs a hand holding or who's excited about things or, you know, just a little bit different of a different vibe. So, um, I will just kind of talk through the observations I made and the sort of ideas that I had and tips and takeaways, but I will also give a little context about why I think these apply to both toddlers and teens. So the first one is to provide opportunities for independence. And I feel like that's the kind of thing We talk about with little kids all the time, like a little kid might get a big rush out of um, pressing the elevator button or carrying their own, you know, pillow through the airport or something like that. But while my kids have carried their own backpacks and monitored their own chargers and devices and things like that for a long time, there are different things that I didn't really kind of hand over the reins on until this trip. And I sort of realized it was time. For example, holding onto their own tickets. Uh, when we (laughs) were getting on the first plane, I had everyone's boarding passes. And there was a moment when I wasn't like, I I wasn't with them. I think maybe I went to get a water or something and the, um, the line was moving. We were flying Southwest. So it was like, you know, you, 
you get in your boarding zone and you want to be at the front of the line if you can. And they didn't have their passes. So like I had to track them down. And I thought, well, this would have been more smooth. Like if they're old enough to be in the airport by themselves, they're old enough to hold their own boarding passes. And they're old enough that I shouldn't have to be the one, you know, managing all of that and wondering where everyone's stuff is. And there was another moment where um, we were going through security at Kennedy. And that's when, you know how like when there's a, before you show your ticket, there's like a separate screening area where you walk through a, a metal detector and they maybe like look in your purse or whatever. Well, we're, we're in line, we're walking up to this and I can clearly see what's happening for some reason. I couldn't tell why just yet, but they were having everyone walk through the metal detector with their phone up and above their head. I think so that the phone wouldn't set off the metal detector, but my kids were, had no idea what was going on. And we up there and I'm already through the metal detector and they're like showing the guy their ticket and they're like holding their phone in their pocket. And so when they came through, I was like, you guys, you have to pay attention. Like I can't do all the work of paying attention for you. You are old enough to do that. And I think they got, I think they were a little embarrassed and then they kind of understood after that, like this is part of what it is to travel when you're uh, almost a full grown adult, like to pay attention to your surroundings, know what's going on. Um, so I just started looking for other little ways to make sure they were sort of in tune with what was happening and it wasn't all on me, which did help take away some of that, the emotional labor that we all carry. And then little fun things like, oh yeah, if you guys want to get a Gatorade, you can go down to the hotel front desk and you can charge it to the room. Like there's no reason I have to be in charge of all your sort of extraneous snacks. You guys can handle that. We're out in the world. And so the world makes it really easy for you to go get a snack. So you have a permission to charge up to X amount to the hotel. And they got a kick out of that. And I just feel like it, it just takes a little of the, um, burden off of mom when older kids can start learning how to do that stuff and they like it. And then they learn how to be good travelers, which is a really good skill. Yeah. That, you know what? I love this tip because I feel like, um, especially with like the opportunities for independence and like going through security, like they are always changing the rules of security. I remember like when we went through, it was like, okay, like this time we're taking our shoes off this time. Like we don't have to, and we can like, keep this on or not, or put the stuff in the bin or not in the bin. And so it's like, when you're going through it, you don't have any more information than your kids do really, you know, like you're all getting the same information from the same people. So instead of having you be like an interpreter, (laughs) like they can just hear it from the people in charge. And so that's like, I I've definitely fallen into that trap. Sometimes even when I'm like traveling with my husband, I can kind of just like zone out and kind of like wait for him to kind of direct me sometimes, but like, that's really not the best. And so that's a good for kids to learn too. Well, you're so right that like they do kind of look to us to be the, the carriers of all relevant information at all times. And in traveling in all sorts of things in life, I constantly have to remind my kids, I don't know any more than you do in this situation. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have all the answers. Um, That's something we're dealing with, with um, Owen doing now like the college search and all that stuff. It's like, he comes to me and expects me just to know everything about everything. And that is flattering, but it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure to put on us as moms to just be the the holders of like all pieces of data and wisdom. Um, and I think when my kids were younger in the sake, like for the sake of just efficiency and keeping things moving, I took that role on a lot. Um, 
I guess willingly, it, it did mm-hmm. mean that things like a trip through the airport moved really fast because I was just like barking out or like I did become the interpreter. You know, this guy at the front is saying shoes on this time. And I'm like, shoes on, shoes on, shoes on. You know, you go into yes, that mode yes. where you're just repeating yourself. And that's fine. When I was in that mode, it made a lot of sense. But now it's time for my kids to be in a different mode. And they need to they need to understand that there's the world is um, not always black and white. Like sometimes things might change. It's not worth getting yourself uh, all upset about it or being flustered by it. Just pay attention, pay attention to your surroundings. So yeah, I love that you said that like the interpreter, no, I cannot be life's interpreter for you, dear. Right. The interpreter (laughs) and the anticipator too, like anticipating what's coming up and like they can start to anticipate, okay, this might be the last time I'll be able to charge my phone for a while or whatever, you know? So that's good. And they will learn like, you know, it only takes a couple of times of the phone being dead when they really want to use it uh-huh. to learn that they should, you know, that that's something to be on their radar, not just moms. I have completely, I will say one thing that about being in a divorced family and my kids going back and forth so much is I no longer pay any attention to their devices or chargers. Like I don't even really know what they bring with them on any given, you know, on any given trip. It's like, that is all on them. And I couldn't, it's like how many, you know, I don't pay attention to how many underwear they bring anymore <laughs> and I don't pay attention to their, their chargers and things yeah. like that. Okay. What's your next tip, Megan? So my next tip is to give yourself timeouts. Um, and I mean, obviously sometimes little kids need a break from the action and the activity, but moms need it too. And if you're traveling and you are not fortunate enough to have a separate space from your kids, which I was um, lucky enough to have separate rooms, which made it a lot easier. I was on a working trip and I really needed that space to be able to um, check out and work and stuff like that. But if you don't have that, you can still do things like, you know, find ways to escape. Um, We talked about doing the laundry last week as one of your sort of tips. And I think that's a, that could be a great way. Like those little tasks, like um, running to the grocery store or um, going and doing laundry, things like things that are sort of technically mom you know, mom chores, you know, very stereotypically mom chores, but actually give you a chance to sort of get away from the action and have some quiet time. I am all about, and your earbuds can be very helpful. The hotel hot tub can be very helpful. The hotel lobby is a place to go sit and just work or read or check your email, like find ways to build timeouts for yourself because it can be kind of lonely being with teenagers. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a in a tip in a little while, but being with teenagers, um, when you're the only adults can be very like a disorienting thing because they're not my friends. They're not my peers. They're like these people that I'm that have opinions and they're smart Alex and they're, they have their own music and they have their own lingo and all of that stuff. And it's good to escape that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good tip. Yeah. All right. Well, my next tip is, again, similar to something that I would um, say to a mom of toddlers or preschoolers, but it's to make sure to incorporate nap time for everybody or rest, whatever that looks like. I feel like my teenagers needed naps as much as a toddler on these trips. Part of the reason, because we were getting up really early and getting our day started early but they weren't necessarily going to bed early. Like I was going to bed much earlier than them. Most nights they're in a hotel room together. They're going to stay up late. They're going to watch their shows. They're going to talk all of that stuff. And so 
they could have gone all day long, but I feel like the thing, like it would have started to dissolve and become very grumpy by dinner time. And my kids can be troopers, but they are teenagers and they also have opinions about what they want to be doing. And they didn't come up with these itineraries. I mostly did with some input from them. So, well, most of it was like the um, put together for us. But then, you know, even the things that we had some choices about, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to do that. So they didn't really get to say every day when we woke up how we were going to spend time. So I think the reason it worked was that we took breaks. And I mean, we took pretty significant breaks. Like we would go back and take an hour and a half or two hours in the middle of the day to turn the lights off, draw the shades, and they could play on their phones or listen to music. But most of the time they slept. And I I didn't sleep, but I would shut my eyes and get a little break. Yeah, well, it's amazing just how exhausting it can be just being in a different space. Like even if you're doing fun things, you're in a new environment and, you know, trying all these new things and different things, it, it can really be draining. So, I mean, even if you're not managing like toddlers and little kids, like I think everybody just does need that time to like, you know, take a breath, take a breath, reset, zone out a little bit, whether it's actually taking a nap or watching a show or just playing on your phone. Like I, I don't think you ever outgrow needing rest time. (laughs) No. And you're, you're right that like just the novelty itself, like being in unfamiliar surroundings is tiring. Um, figuring out like, you know, just keeping in mind silly little things like which room number is ours? Where's my hotel key? Um, where, what car, what rental car in the parking lot's ours? <laughs> like that's the, every time you come out, mm-hmm. you're looking around like, wait, which car is it again? And do I have the key on me? It's all different and it's tiring. And then you're with people all day long that in a home environment, you would not be expected to enjoy each other's company literally all day. You would have right. breaks, you know, worked in where you would get to do your own thing. And so I feel like um, having that little, those nap times set aside are, is, is a really good way to give everyone what they need, even if all you need is just to not have to look at another person or think about anything for a little while. So there was one other, um, and this is very specific about, um, about traveling with teenagers, but I think it's just also parenting in general. And that's not to take anything personally. Um, I, again, think my teenagers are pretty good sports and pretty easy to travel with, but they're still teenagers. They still can be sarcastic. They can seem really grumpy. They can be kind of low energy. They can seem sort of perpetually unenthused by things. So you'll have this experience that Maybe you worked really hard to pull together or it cost you a lot of money or um, it's something that you planned for a long time and that you thought everyone would love. And in the moment, everyone seems like they're having a great time. But then as you're walking away, your teenagers are like ripping on it under their breath or whatever. It's like it can be really hard not to get your feelings hurt by that sort of thing. And I'm so glad I got as many photos as I did, even though they made fun of me for all the photos I took, because now I have like photographic evidence that they loved stuff and were smiling and having a good time. And I know they'll remember things that happened on this trip forever, even though in the moment, of course they had to get in some dig because that they're teenagers. And of course they did. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, since you guys have been back, have you like heard them talking about the trip with like their siblings or with friends or, Were they like doing any posting on social media or any other like indicators that let you know like, 
Okay, yes, they actually did have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we have talked about um we have talked about definitely the dolphins. <laughs> we've yeah. talked about yeah, we've talked about surfing. Like we've I've kind of brought it up. It's not like I've heard them on their own bringing it up. It just I don't think we've been in an environment where we've had other people to talk about it with that weren't with with us on the trip. You know what I mean? But when mm-hmm. I've said things like, oh, hey, guys, remember when we did that thing or remember when we were um, at Marine Land and we and we were talking just last night, we were trying to remember the dolphin's name. His name was Treasure. But I was thinking, <laughs> no, sorry, it was lightning. I thought it was Treasure. I was like, I think it was Treasure. And Claire's like, no, it was she threw some like his spiky. And oh, it was like, no, it was lightning. And so finally we remembered that. And we all had a laugh about lightning being, you know, a little, little stubborn and not exactly like lightning, but it was, um, I do feel like it's the kind of thing where there's like a bonding experience around it that is there. And then there's the novelty of doing things that they've never done before and maybe won't ever do again. I mean, I'm not sure I'll ever Mm -hmm. touch a dolphin again. So definitely, um, I know it made an impression. And I just think sometimes with teens, you just don't know that while it's happening. Okay. So Megan, now I'm wondering if there were any places you went to that you thought of would have been great for young kids or that you would have thought like, oh my gosh, this would have been so fun to take your own kids when they were at a younger age. Yeah. I'm glad we both were like kind of paying attention to the places that we went with this in mind, because I know you had some um, in, in the episode we did with you last week where you were talking about yeah. things that would have been great for teenagers. I have to say Kennedy Space Center is the one that stands out um, as like if you have young kids go there because yeah. it's all the excitement of a theme park, but like not as much of the sort of work of a theme park. It is like a theme park, but it's not it's not huge. There's not a million people there. There aren't going to be long waits. Um, you don't spend a lot of time like standing outside waiting for anything, really, because at least the stuff that we waited in line for was all inside. And it just felt so accessible and really fun for little kids, especially if they were obsessed with space or technology or robots or science, any of that kind of thing. Just less ground to cover, fewer people, more relaxed, um, but still really cool and a lot to keep them engaged. Um, the Castillo de San Marco in St. Augustine. I'm just picturing having like a little kid who's into, I don't know, kings and queens and dragons and things like that. Like just looking at that from across the street even would blow their little minds. And I think the um, the grounds would be so fun to just run around on and, you know, play swords, whatever. Pretend you're a knight. I don't even know what, but it was definitely something very cool that most little kids wouldn't have had a chance to see in their lives. And would be very exciting. And then the dolphin encounter at Marine land. I mean, I, I saw a lot of little kids there. I don't know how old they would have to be to get in the water. I'm going to assume big enough to stand up and waste deep water without like toppling in. Uh Um, but I saw some younger kids there and definitely just the chance to touch them. I, I mean, it would just be again, like mind blowing for a little kid. So those were the three that came to mind, but honestly, all the places we went, there was something for younger kids to do. It's amazing. I kind of want to just like repeat your trip with my kids. <laughs> you know, and I should repeat your trip with mine. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun to yeah. just do a swap? Reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Vacation swap. <laughs> exactly. Well, Katie, this has been so fun. Thank you again to our sponsor, Visit Florida, for making all this possible. I really loved talking about my family's trip to Florida. It was unforgettable, and I have the pictures to prove it. 
Well, Megan, speaking of pictures, we should remind our listeners to keep an eye on our Instagram to see photos and reels um, and videos of everything we got to do in Florida. It was just truly the best time. Well, yeah, thank you so much to Visit Florida for making these episodes possible. And you can start planning your best ever vacation at visitflorida.com today. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.